Okay, George Zach here again, uh, joined by my colleagues, Tom Klein and Becky Fitzgerald, lead appraisers and consultants at Two Harbors Consulting. And it's been a few weeks since we've done a podcast, but a topic that I've been kicking around with Tom and Becky, and we thought that we'd bring to the virtual microphone and kick around a bit today is uh, how, how organizations should uh, address appraisal findings, opportunities, gaps in between their appraisals. Now, most of the context for this is uh, we've heard this question quite a bit from organizations that we're working with in the medical device discovery appraisal program. But the, the, this conversation is truly applicable for organizations that are in between um, any sort of appraisal um, in that program or not. So we want to talk a little bit, a little bit today as to what things are uh, good behaviors or behaviors that we see are a value add to the organization between appraisals and maybe some, some anti-patterns and, and things that don't work as well. Tom, I'm just going to kick this right over to you. Hey, I'm George Zach, Medical Devices. I get my appraisal results. I have my, I've had my appraisal. Uh, you've worked with me as a lead appraiser. I have a whole bunch of opportunities or gaps, or dare I even say a week, some weaknesses uh, noted against the model. Then what? That's great. I have this information. What do you suggest I do with it? How should I go about addressing that stuff and working with you as an appraiser? So I'm going to start with kind of a general response because you said we're going to look at it from the context of the medical device discovery appraisal program. And there's a, maybe a slightly different response that I would give in that context. But if we start more generally, every time we finish an appraisal, I think it makes a lot of sense for the organization to review the results, make sure that they make sense to them, um, start thinking how would those results relate to all of the other activities that the site is currently going through. So I usually describe it as you probably already have a hopper or a list of improvement ideas. Where do these appraisal results fit in the context of those things? We don't immediately assume that these would take priority or precedence over the other kinds of activities that you would look at, but we do want you to factor them and evaluate how would they fit into the other things that you're covering. So that's the starting point. And um, what I usually look at is within the medical device discovery appraisal program, we have kind of a year cadence in which we have the appraisal and then we have three quarterly checkpoints. And what I've started to do is provide around the two to three week point after the appraisal, uh, something called a calibration session where I meet with the site and we review the results um, and then we set up sort of a loose action plan for what we'll cover in the next year. Um, and, you know, those projects may go much longer than a year. They may only be three months, but it's at least setting the stage for what we're going to cover in our quarterly checkpoint. Absolutely. Thank you, Tom. I think that's exactly, um, exactly so. Some of the other uh, additional things that we might hear in, the, in that first, say, call that's held at some point relatively close to the end of the appraisal, so that two, three-week mark, somewhere in there, maybe even a month, where um, the site has analyzed or at least considered what the outputs from the appraisal have been, and in addition to reflecting on the other things they're doing in their organization, possibly grouping the results into some sort of logical 
collection. So there's usually relationships between you know, the granular, granular level of the results so that you can have sort of sets of things that go together, that interact with each other, that might represent them together, you know, understanding them, grouping them into project-type approaches helps the organization to lay out that plan that Tom was talking about going forward. So how are we going to prioritize these relative to all the other things we have to do for the year and avoid um, sort of that check the box one at a time thing, kind of group them into what the logical packages of approach that makes sense for the coming year. Just laying them out in, in that way. But thinking through the work, um, all of the output before having that call to lay them out for the year is, is something that's really useful, I find. I think, Becky, your description of what happens in that first two to three weeks is is really critical. And I, and I think it depends a bit on the kind of organization it is. If it is um, like a one-site organization, this is like the only only part of the organization that is going through one of these appraisals, then it can be freestanding and the, the organization can evaluate their results kind of along their, their, their own context. When you have a company that has many, many sites or many um, of their parts of the organization that are going through an appraisal, it may make sense to evaluate the appraisal results along with all of the other sites and see where there's some commonality, where the corporation could address some of these things in combination with other sites or, you know, to get, I don't know, looking at some of these topics Absolutely. together, um, having some some kind of a benefit across multiple sites where you can even, I'm going to use the phrase economy of scale, but I don't know that that is exactly right in this in this frame. But Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Um, the multi-site companies that are enrolled in the program where they have many locations or more than one location, considering the results across the locations in order to lay out what the plan is going forward makes perfect sense and is really useful to the organizations. We've heard that as well. That goes into sort of the engagement level and how to best leverage the output because systemic issues pitch up that wouldn't show up just as, if you consider the appraisal just as a singular event for a singular. So I 100% agree with you, Tom. Good point. And then the other thing that I think, if we schedule that calibration session a couple of weeks out, in those two to three weeks, the organization is going to be doing all of those kind of analytical conversations that Becky and I were just talking about. But they may come to that session with one of three different kinds of approaches, I guess. One, they have they have a project they're going to work on, or they have some questions. They don't really know exactly what the appraisal team meant or how they should approach it. Or they know they want to do something, but they want to start with some education or some consulting around it before you jump right into developing a project. So I think I've seen all of those as as being um, a positive entrance into that meeting. Some of the things I don't like to see quite as much is when we get to that discussion and there's been very little thought. You know, it's um, in fact you're almost starting from square one or or from the very last minute of the appraisal and and going right into that next minute where um, we, you spend most of that calibration session reviewing what was covered in the appraisal and sort of 
beginning to, to define next steps there. So ideally, the organization has spent some time um, considering it. When I've seen this, I think, George, you asked at the beginning, how have you seen this really applied well? I've seen it most effectively used when um, these results are integrated with other kinds of activities. So, you know, it isn't seen as an isolated, we do an appraisal every year and then we have these actions in the middle. I like to see how it's tied together with all of the other initiatives that are ongoing um, in the organization. Because then it's it's not a separate activity, it's sort of the work that you're already doing. And ideally the appraisal results and these projects that the group takes on are, are moving the organization in the direction of their, their goals. And I've, I've also seen how some of these appraisal results are tied into the development of the forward strategy of the organization. So sometimes that depends more on the timing of the, the appraisal itself to when the organization is working on the strategy for the next year. But I think that has been um, probably the most valuable use of an appraisal result is when you're able to immediately turn that into some kind of a strategy for the organization. So I think that you're, you know, you've used this term calibration, which which is really not a formal method approach, but it's just something that you, you guys are doing with organizations to understand how they've synthesized those results how they've considered them in the broader, ideally, how they've considered them in the broader context of that organization and what they're going to do about that. Is, is, you know, are they going to take a few of these results and work on these things collectively? Is there already some effort underway that is going to address those particular things? Are they going to push that particular, that particular thing out? And calibration is your meeting with them to get an understanding of that and potentially provide some additional context, additional education, understand the value or the risk uh, or the opportunity in addressing uh, any of the appraisal appraisal results in, in summary. What if uh, what if a site says we're just not going to work on on one of those one of those opportunities that you noted that you know we, we, we don't have time for that or we don't see the value in that or um, we have bigger fish to fry at this time. Are they obliged to to address results? So within the medical device discovery appraisal program, no, they are not obliged to. Really, that program is set up that the expectation is the organization will be engaged, and that means participating actively in the checkpoints. Those checkpoints are designed to look at what is going on at the organization. So the organization may have a whole bunch of great initiatives already underway, and so during those checkpoints, we'll just evaluate what how those are going, what kind of new products are coming on site, um, just understanding how the organization is moving forward in some way. Ideally, those appraisal results do provide some kind of value. And I think in, in every appraisal that I've been a part of or have led, those results have turned into some pretty successful uh, improvement projects over the next year or even longer. But they, aren't not, they are not required to do them as a part of this program. And really, sure. any program. I mean, we're, we were talking a lot about the medical device discovery appraisal program. If an organization decides not to pursue any of the process improvements outside of this program, that's you know their, their own decision as well, so. What else do you like to see, Tom, as, as an appraiser when they approach, when they're, when they're approaching you and discussing these results in calibration or in, in these checkpoints in between appraisal activities? Well, I, I like to see when, when you know, I'm talking about how I like to see that they have 
considered. They've actually thought through what the results are, how they could apply to their organization. Um, I'll give one example that you know, so when I walked through three possibles that you're going to come in with project ideas or questions about the results or a request for more education. I had one session where uh, when we got to the calibration session, they had already considered all of the results and they had figured out where it would help them the most. And so they had taken one of the results and said, we know it would impact our whole organization, but that's too big for us to apply this. Um, so we've, we've identified one functional area within the organization where we would start this. So I love to see when an organization recognizes that it can provide value or, or even that it might provide value, but they wanna try it out in a pilot format to see um, A, does it provide value? And B, what can they learn from the pilot before they roll it out to the entire organization? So I love to see groups come in where they've thoughtfully considered it and also started thinking how might they pilot it to get the most um, value out of the activity. What about the opposite of that? I mean, obviously, you in, you indicated previously a site showing up and you know you're rebooting and and they're basically as if there's been no conversation between the last time, be it the appraisal or the last checkpoint, and you're just you're kind of starting that conversation as a minute has not passed. But are there other anti patterns or other behaviors that um, are concerning to you when you're engaging with a site in between? Yes, um, a couple of of potential anti-patterns, I guess, that within, well, regardless of the type of appraisal, you wanna see, you know, as we're doing the planning upfront, we've identified a sponsor. And so we wanna see that that sponsor is engaged throughout rather than, um, you know, being engaged in the appraisal and then kind of disappearing. Um, I've had several situations where the sponsor may be a pretty senior person in the organization and they might delegate that role to um, another leader in the organization or um, or a group of leaders. And I think that is fine. But when you can tell that the sponsor is completely absent from future activities, I think that is something that I, I really watch out for. Um, additionally, I I like to, I wanna see engagement, more more broad engagement throughout the organization. So, you know, we've talked about identifying some projects. I'd love to see when you have a little project team created and maybe someone else will come in and, and talk about the project. So um, another anti-pattern, I guess, would be the opposite of that, where you end up just having one or two people that are in each of these sessions kind of reporting on the organization. It kind of feels more like it is that newspaper reporter side rather than um, actually talking about what I am doing, that kind of thing. Another potential is just obviously coming in without any preparation. Um, I don't need to see a 100 slide presentation by any means, but I'd, I'd like to have at least some thought put into um, here are here are the standard things that we'll cover. Here is a little bit about some of the work that we've done on these projects, uh, you know, whether it's a project plan or whether it's a, a quadrant um, kind of version in a project plan or a PowerPoint presentation just showing the status of, of activities. So. Coming in without any preparation is also something. And then, I, as I mentioned before, I like to see it integrated. So kind of the opposite end of that would be if they are treating the CMMI appraisal as a completely separate engagement um, at the organization, where it feels right. like 
you know, here are here are all these projects that we're doing. Or when you see it's called the CMMI project, I kind of gasp at those moments because it's it's not the CMMI project. It's the things that are coming out of it that help the organization. On the anti-pattern side, sometimes what we'll hear is an organization will, the, the language that is used around the result or the output appraisal is, well, what do I have to do to make this go away? Or how can I close this? Or I, um, I'll take each of these individual results, treat them individually, and I need to just get them closed. What's the fastest way I can do that? It, they, they're not going to say the, those words exactly, but that's the approach that's taken. And if you compare that to the opposite, which is, these things belong together. I can group them. This is a project that is meaningful to our organization. And, you know, we're going to take these results and put them as input to our strategic planning meeting. And it's interesting the number of sites that have chosen to adjust even when they have their appraisal occur so that it can be used as input to their strategic planning because they're considering the output along with all those other activities that the organization is doing. And that allows them to prioritize across all of the work of the organization, the things that are going to be of greatest business value to them. Becky talked about when you hear the language like, how can I make this go away or how can we close this so that it's not on the list anymore? Um, sometimes that can be used jokingly or as a motivation. And sometimes you hear that in a, uh, or you hear things that indicate maybe com competition. Um, how can I close this faster than anyone else has? And those are potentially some other uh, warning signs. But what we really like to see is the enthusiasm for yeah. a project that someone is working on. Um, I was working with a group just a couple of weeks ago where they had taken one of these results and they piloted it. And then they saw so much benefit that they they took it and applied it to another group and then another group and it was all within production lines so they were just copying from one manufacturing line to another and then they decided they were seeing so much value in this activity that they um, took it to other functional areas like hr and finance um, so completely separate context for them but they were so excited about the value that they had seen in the, the improvement opportunity for the first sets that they just kept rolling. And um, when they presented that project, they they just kept showing more and more slides, like here's an example of how we've applied it here. And, um, and they were so enthusiastic talking about the benefits that they had seen. So that's that's what I really you know love to see anytime you get that kind of enthusiasm about a project. And you get that enthusiasm when the when the project has high value and the organization when they the benefits and feel the benefits of the work that they've done it feeds itself so um, so it's an engagement level that is uh, reflected in the in their own success and they get excited about sharing it and extending it and I think you do that through George when you were talking about even the regulatory audits that you're doing you're not showing a list of all the things that are potentially against the regulations you have really you've evaluated it in the context of what's important to the organization. You know what their organizational objectives are, you know what they're focusing on, some of the challenges that they've been trying to address, 
And so you're you're reflecting the results with all of that in mind. And I think that's what we really tried to do with all of these appraisal results too. Focusing on, well, upfront, absorbing and learning as much as we can about what's important to the organization. And then as we are listening throughout the appraisal and identifying potential improvement opportunities, we're also, um, whether it's prioritizing the things that are important or deprioritizing the things that aren't, like Becky suggested, we're trying to build results that are helping the organization meet their goals. And I think that then leads to um, what Becky was describing, that enthusiasm, because it's all moving in the same direction. So I think the my last words on this would just be for an organization to thoughtfully consider what the results were and how how and which elements could help them meet their own objectives. Don't jump in and do everything because that's you know recipe for disaster. Pick a couple of things that can really keep you moving in the right direction. And I think use, use the principles we've talked about in some of these other podcasts, whether it's project management principles, treat it like a project. Also um, using some of the, the ideas within the process management practice area where you've evaluated the improvement ideas and now you've actually decided which ones you're gonna do and you're gonna pilot it and learn from those things. So getting broad participation like you would with a project, and then sharing the lessons that you've learned and considering what those are and the implications of them before you roll all of these things out. So don't go for everything, go for the things that make the most difference, and then learn and share your learnings throughout. One of the things I would ask that an organization consider is how to tie the positive outcomes, the um, results that come out of actually applying the outcomes from the appraisal, leveraging a project, approaching it, making the improvement or the changes, and then making sure to tie that activity and the outcome of those changes back to the input from your own staff, from your own employees. There's a momentum building. Um, it builds momentum to have this improvement, this continuous improvement wheel turn around because the appraisal reflects back to the organization the uh, output that the participants, that the employees themselves have identified. And then you're tying back for them, for their benefit, that direct involvement in improvement by identifying the very things that were opportunities for the organization to focus on. So that cycle then builds and the next appraisal or the next engagement, um, staff are eager and anxious to talk about the work because they saw the positive outcomes from the last time that they were engaged in. And it really builds a culture of continuous improvement around the throughout the organization because the organization is listening to their own people. That's great. And I think that's a great place for us to wrap it up. Uh, we'd certainly like to hear how you have taken recent appraisal or audit or other results uh, that you've you've collected and how you've leveraged those in improving your organization. What things worked, what things uh, worked well, what things kind of worked and what things fell flat on their face. Drop us a note of contact information in the show notes for this podcast. Thanks again for tuning in and keep improving.